0: This is an attack warning. Repeat, this is an attack warning.
1: Sign on with the devil.
2: All right, so Brandon, I will start with you. What do you think about the comments? I mean, the numbers are staggering.
3: This is gonna seem really, really insensitive. We're gonna need Tank, Jim, uh, why
1: have you looked at this president and said, I I support what he's doing? He's got us locked in a basement.
4: Uh, Frank came to my office, asked me, first of all, he asked me for an airplane ride. So this guy's a wise guy. So I gave him an airplane ride.
3: Like if the Titanic took like four years to
1: sink. Rick. Sign on with the
3: devil. Hey guys, welcome back to TDAP, I'm your host, well I'm not your normal host, but I'm your host this time, uh, my name is Frank, uh, we're gonna do things a little bit differently today, instead of uh, your normal host, I'm gonna kind of lead things, but uh, before we get into any I'm of that st- I'm still here, like, well yeah, <laughs> I'll still be around, um. well, well, well yeah, speaking of that, let's introduce uh, I am Frank, my co-host, the man who needs no introduction, uh, Brandon, yeah you knew who you were, and Jim, and Jim, <laughs> you had to introduce yourself, um, so we're going to get into a different episode today. I, I wanted to take the hosting duties off Brandon a little bit. I'm excited as shit for this episode because right. I didn't have to do any prep work, and I'm on the. It is weird to be on the other side of the table, uh, <laughs> like in this. Yes, yeah, it's area. weird to be on this side of the table. Uh, I like the power that I feel. There is power. I'm in slightly high. I noticed that it's my like chair you, is slightly higher. You're Homer Simpson, and you're not sitting in your spot
5: on the couch. <laughs> you think that I? You don't have your ass grooves. All right. <laughs> you think
3: that I made these chairs lower, accidentally? Not at all. That's, You're uh, sitting here with a little Allen wrench all night. I know that's, you. It's a absolutely. power move, like Trump's handshake. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And it's like, I, w- I do not concede that chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to get into something a little differently instead of talk. Well, we're gonna, still going to delve into the world of politics and what's going on recently, but we're going to kind of do it more through a timeline. And I wanted to focus on one main. Now that Trump's essentially, well, supposed to be out of office. Dun-dun-dun. We'll see if that actually happens. Um... I wanted to take a look at someone who played a big role in him getting into the White House, and and I think his story is kind of a microcosm of you can look at him as an example of other people who have worked in the White House who've had very similar um, similar paths, similar careers, like you know. But uh, before we get into all that and we introduce our subject for today, we got to do because uh, we always delve into the world of negativity. So, give me some something positive from this week, Brandon. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so, for me, it is. It, well, I mean, I could go to fuck it. I'll will just do the uh, easy one here. Um, for me, it's being in this seat. Uh, I, I like. I really, really am excited for this episode, which hopefully doesn't put any pressure on you. I actually, I kind of hope it does because be lots fun of for, pressure. It'll be lots fun for me, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, no, I I very much have. Like liked the idea of handing off the reins um, periodically, so I'm excited to see where this episode is going to go, and I'm excited to not have to be clicking stuff and and watching fucking levels and doing all this shit. So you know, like, well, I hope you, I do you proud, man. I think I think we'll get I think we'll get through it. I I have complete faith in you. Usable is all I'm aiming for. (laughs) Right. We have all, ultimately we can edit that we can that's, make this that sound as true. clean as we want. It'll be a three minute episode. We we'll just have Morgan Freeman talk for <laughs> the next twenty minutes. <laughs> can we, he's on cameo. I heard. Uh, Jim, what about you? What's uh, so positive? over the past two weeks uh, we learned all about.
5: Well, it's probably about a month ago that we started learning heavily about biotech and Pfizer's vaccine. But in the past two weeks, there's been two more companies that have come out and have talked about how close they are. To developing a vaccine, there was another one this week, which the name escapes me. That one last week was Moderna, which we've kind of known about. We thought they were going to probably be ahead of schedule as far as beating BioNTech and Pfizer. was Moderna but,
3: the one that when Pfizer came out and said 90 percent effective, Moderna the next week yeah, was like, like we 90 95, 95. 95.
5: Yeah. Suck it. Somebody's fudging some statistics.
3: Somebody came out today and was like, "We got 70 When there's it's like, yeah, yeah, all right, late, late to the party.
5: When there's money on the line, f- statistics get fuzzy.
3: Well, also, I bet that's a boon to stock prices. Yeah, because I mean, it's like well, you're about to get like, a government grant.
5: If you've looked at Pfizer's stock prices, they're kind of like going up and down a little bit, kind of wavering. Like they went, they actually went down in the, at uh, the announcement. I don't know why, but they did. But anyway, uh, the third one that announced like yesterday or the day before, uh, it shows like full immunity promise instead of having to do multiple uh rounds of it which i think pfizer's is like four this one would probably be like one and then a booster whereas pfizer's you gotta get three and then a booster it's like one one vaccine every month for three months and then a booster mm-hmm. um, which just makes the whole process for rolling it out to an the entire biggest nation thing about this matured. one as well as moderna's is the shipping uh, Issue You don't have to keep it at minus 80 like Pfizer's does. Pfizer's and BioNTech, you got to keep that thing on dry ice and then immediately put it into a minus 80 degrees Celsius freezer, which is really cold. And those freezers don't always stay that temperature. Yeah, I work with them,
3: they bounce all over it, the place. And it just, I mean, your prices have to go up. You're paying more, yeah. they transport it all across yeah. the country. You got to, yeah. So,
5: so this one you can ship it in a cooler on ice compared to shipping it on dry ice and have to put it immediately in a minus eighty freezer. It's good news. So yeah, well it it's still I'm still not fully it, sold on any of the vaccines. It, we'll we'll see. It's we'll better, see in the next month on
3: it's better than not having any news. It, yeah, exactly. You know? Like we lived
5: with all the way until last month. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um just like Trump told us we would. <laughs> <laughs> it's right around the corner, guys. <laughs> Took four years, but we proved he was right. always right. Uh, my positive moment of the week, I don't know if you guys saw, I know, uh, hockey's coming back up, which we're probably all excited for. Did you guys see the, uh, retro jersey design that the NHL released yeah. for the oh, Blues? Yeah. Oh, that looks so fucking good. I, uh, I, I like, I, I like it quite a bit. Go, I, go, Jim. Oh, you're I gonna shit like on ours. my, oh, you're gonna shit on my taste. I'm not gonna shit on it, it's here's, just, it's, it's too red. Here's the, here's Oh, what are we saying about red now? What here's, are we just, here's the thing, man, like. I am a huge fan of the retro nineteen ninety four like blue yellow red jer- like I yeah. love the the clown jersey as we call it in St Louis. Yeah, a lot uh, of people don't like
5: that jersey. I do. I do too. But I do I, too. Yeah. I don't like the new retro one because this it's one is too much red. Very red. red. Well, because <laughs> it, it looks it looks like you could swap out. Our logo for a Blackhawks logo.
0: It
3: looks like a fucking. It looks yeah. like a Cardinals. Like well, because they took the uh, they took the colors from the ninety what like ninety four one and just inverted yeah, them. Yeah, right? just inverted mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, like they did for every jersey in the NHL
5: that they picked this. Floor. Which like yeah. now I so, will like, say the Coyotes looks really nice where it's like deep purple and then brown bottom. Like it looks like it originally should have. So the one that they came out with in the nineties for the Coyotes, it was like a purple desert floor and then an orange sky, mm-hmm. like. The, it, the opposite of what you would see in the desert. Like, this one actually looks like it's, hey, realistic. Like, there's a coyote there, and it's an orange desert with a, a purple night
3: sky. Yeah. It, <laughs> no, It I like a lot of the designs. I will say that as far as the Blues design goes, I like it more today than I did when they released it a week and a half ago or whatever. Like, it has grown on yeah, me I don't a little it. bit. I don't hate I it. I don't like it, though. When I first saw it, I hated it. Like, when yeah. I first saw it, I was like, <laughs> That's really red. Like most redheads, it takes a while, but it'll grow. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Uh, all right, so let's let's go ahead and get into our episode and introduce our topic. So the the person I wanted to talk about today that I think is endemic of like the entire Trump four years or like six years really since the the he declared right uh, in fifteen. So short, so five years, yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to focus on Stephen Bannon. We've talked about. It. I don't know how much we talked about him since Jim's been on the podcast. I know he came up a lot earlier before I was. I was even on, and then when I was on, right? I, I, mean, I came around, around at like a month after he was fired. Yeah, right after Charlottesville. Okay, so what do you guys actually know about Stephen Steve Bannon? Yeah, I know that he's. I mean, I don't know um, much other than Breitbart. He's a conspiracist, conspiracy
5: he's a, theorist. He's like a campaign. He's a
3: fucking guru. grifter. Yeah. Um as, and as
5: far as selling things he's he's good at
3: that I yeah, know, I mean, uh, I don't know the it. details, but I have a feeling that he's likes fucking fascism. <laughs> so oh, we, we might we might see that you're not far off there, right? Uh,
5: fascism and good old-fashioned American racism. Well, so I, don't,
3: like, I don't even think he necessarily like a lot of these guys. Uh, not even American racism. Right. We'll, we'll get to other places. Yeah, a lot he's of these a guys, global He's a global globalist. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, oh, he's taking his act on the road. <laughs> Could we say globalist? Oh, globalist racist. If Supposed yeah. to be anti-globalist. <laughs> he ran a campaign <laughs> on anti-globalism. <laughs> Uh, so he got a start. So he, he went to a private Catholic college. He was born in, uh, 53 in Virginia. Private Catholic college, bachelor's degree in urban planning. So which there's was, a chance. was weird. He was born into a KKK family. No, he's, well, I don't think, I don't, maybe that. I don't have any reason to suspect. <laughs> Virginia in the there's 50s. A chance. He was born he's into a pretty, wizard. he was born into a pretty modest family. His parents weren't wealthy, but they were, they had careers. Uh, so he got, uh, uh, Earned a master's degree in national security studies from Georgetown University, uh, and then a master's of business administration from Harvard. So he's legitimately a pretty smart guy. National securities, and then he winds up running campaigns. Yeah, well, he he does a lot more than that. He also so he served seven years in the navy too. And it was actually there where he first started to get political. Because before, do you know what he
5: did in '80? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, and he
3: actually uh, had one notable thing. He really didn't see any action, but he was uh, uh, during Jimmy Carter's uh, presidency, so his, his administration, uh, A little after, like 1980, okay. I think. Um, yeah, it was in 1980. He uh, he was deployed to the Persian Gulf to assist with Operation Eagle Claw, which was uh, Jimmy Carter's uh, attempt at the Iran hostage crisis. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, uh, a bunch of Islamic <laughs> leftist students stormed the U.S. embassy in Tehran and took 69 people hostage. Uh, there were yeah. at least 17 of right. them but kept the remaining 52. And uh, it Jimmy Carter's failure to like solve it in a timely manner is kind of what cost him the election the, – his reelection bid. It was one of the major things. At least probably would have helped him get reelected had he been so able to pull how it how off. funny
5: history repeats itself because that's arguably what lost Hillary the election was Benghazi. Yeah.
3: Question do QAnon people believe that Reagan held those hostages there? Like a lot of liberals that don't like Reagan like to tout because there's a, there's that conspiracy, right? And we're talking about a conspiracy theorist. It's just interesting to me that like, because the right likes Reagan, but like there is that in that they are, those hostages got released on fucking inauguration day. Like, yeah. I mean, there is something to that. And, and to like speak to Jim's uh, thing, I'm not like, saying that that's what I believe. I'm just saying, does QAnon? Because I'd like to get somebody <laughs> to speak on that. <laughs> like, I mean, the hell they bring fucking JFK and Hugo Chavez and do it. Why not? Um, so Bannon was on the ship, uh, the USS Paul F. Forrest, uh, Foster, which trailed the the Nimitz, which uh, and his ship just carried helicopters, which were going to be the used. The Nimitz
5: is my favorite ship, primarily because Nimitz is my favorite naval commander of all time. <laughs> nice A little trivia. He he's the reason why. Well, I wouldn't say he's he... the sole reason, but he he was a big chunk of the balls behind the Navy in World War
3: II. Yeah. The Pacific was very successful because a lot of what Nimitz did. So, Bannon's ship was carrying the helicopters that were going to be used in the, the rescue under Carter. Uh, but before they even got to where they were going, they were ordered to um, turn around and sail to Pearl Harbor, where they got the news that the, uh, the rescue had already failed. This is kind of the moment that Bannon would cite as like Did the moment. Did they even make it to the Indian Ocean? Uh, I think Bannon got like they got almost all the way there, and they were told like go to Pearl Harbor, and they got there, and they were told like, so like they were probably yeah. outside of the Philippines. Yeah, which and it was is a those, long way.
5: That's like a three-month sail. It
3: seemed like one of those perfect like uh, Bay of Pigs fuck ups. Like you didn't wait for backup to get oh, there and to everyone get a place before you. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. I'm sure there are conspiracy theories that would point like that. was they only about sink, five Carter. years after the Bay we of Pigs, ask, wasn't it. We should ask Bannon. Uh like ten Bay of Pigs was in the sixties and this oh, yeah, nineteen eighty, yeah. yeah.
5: I forget how long it was between JFK and the end of Vietnam. Vietnam,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's insane. As Bannon would tell it, like the the US that failed hostage negotiation would be the thing that set him off on that uh America's wrong. America's broken at least. Not wrong, but it, it's being led by people who don't know how to lead um and he would carry that with him pretty much until this president got elected um he inspires like or like i feel like bannon type personalities inspire militia type personalities does he buy into that culture at all like the militia culture yeah no he so he does a in in present day he does a podcast uh internet show called The War Room which ironically is also the name of a show on Alex Jones Infowars Network mm-hmm. with Roger Stone but he has rebranded as uh, War Room colon Pandemic during the uh, the alright the, co- the Kung Flu as he would call it probably uh, yeah he probably does whatever your grip I, I is I wanna take a slight caveat
5: <laughs> into uh, militias uh, so everybody gets that fantastical idea of the well run militia well armed and run militia mm-hmm. that's what the national guard is right literally that's what the national guard is they're a, they're a state run military that the federal government doesn't own the federal government has to ask the state governor for permission to use the national guard yeah. so like all these all these guys uh, I, I i guarantee you the entire crowd of militia people are like i would have joined the military if it weren't for this it's, a, it's just yeah. a bunch right. of people that are full of
3: shit with excuses, yep. right? Um, so even after his military service, Bannon didn't hop in right away to being a, a political strategist or or even a, a right wing commentator, news blogger, whatever he would end up being. He actually went to work for Goldman Sachs, like okay. most evil people. <laughs> uh, Fair. He became an investment banker, and this is actually the, where the weirdest thing that uh, a, a little connection to our lives that we never knew, Brandon. I don't think we knew. Um, <laughs> How did? Oh, he had a he had a master's in business, right? Yeah, he had a master's. So I mean, he has, he, he he has, has a some pretty, accounting background. Yeah, and if you listen to him talk, he he's a man who has read a lot. He can retain knowledge in a way that Trump, like I don't, Trump doesn't strike me as someone who reads well, a lot. Well, there's
5: there's a lot of economists that have this same mindset. I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised. He is
3: a perfect fraudster. There's a reason. Oh, he's, sp- because he's because he's because he is. I mean, he's an amazing. He fraud, can present yeah. himself like he's basically Alex Jones, but. Here's what's weird. A more articulate, he was less a, drunk he's an Alex, Alex Jones who yeah, can yeah, get he, in the look, room. Yeah, but he looks like at like he looks way worse than Alex Jones. Yeah. Like Bannon but, looks like he's drunk and on heroin. Like yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman on fucking oh, yeah. the far right. I can yeah. <laughs> like, he does look a lot like. But Philip But Bannon's genius yeah. is that he was able to, unlike Alex Jones, who can never keep his temper and his drinking and his uh, mm-hmm. ego in the way and his ability to cra- see crazy shit. Bannon can keep that bottled yep. enough to get in the room with the top guys. Which I think is where he comes and it, we'll see that later with Bright. So Bart. you're saying he's a functioning alcoholic? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he uh, Bannon has produced. They they always claim he's a film producer. If you read any bios of him, but right, he really heard that. He uh, he's produced. He co he executive produced two movies, and an executive producer is not someone who's on set. They're someone who helps broker a so deal you're saying behind Michael the scenes. Michael Moore makes better films. Uh, he he <laughs> the two actual movies he helped make were the Sean Penn directed movie The Indian Runner in oh, 1991. And uh, a movie called Titus in 1999, which uh, has Anthony Hopkins. And if you have ever been to Blockbuster back in the day, nice. it has a Anthony Hopkins on the front with blue face. He looks like a Smurf. It's, oh, uh, it's Shakespeare do, play. Yeah. Okay. He is very. But the other movies he's known for are like have titles. Uh, they're all documentaries, and I put that word in heavy air quotes because <laughs> they have titles like um, uh, S- "Still Point in a Turning World," Ronald Reagan and his ranch. <laughs> okay. Or fire from the heartland, the awakening of the conservative woman. <laughs> All he's, right. He's most <laughs> his most well known film is a film called The Undefeated about Sarah Palin, which I will note came out in 2011 after she was Undefeated? defeated. Undefeated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Very, very defeated. No, <laughs> like overly defeated. No, I will say I mock him as like you're not Isn't really in politics anymore. <laughs> defeated yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is looking at Russia from her backyard. Defeated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I will say that as much as we want to mock him for like you're not really a filmmaker, he does make money off films, and he makes money off one particular series that is gonna shock us. And this will give you a clue. What he make- No. Yes. What did he do for Seinfeld? This is fucking wild. He worked while he was working at Goldman Sachs. He was um, he started his own company, I guess, right after he left, called Bannon and Company, which was a boutique investment of course, like, it's banking his company. Name. Why wouldn't it be? He helped. <laughs> He helped Westinghouse Electric sell their shares of uh, Castle Rock Entertainment, who produced Seinfeld. He did this in Seinfeld's third season; they weren't popular li- yet. So he was offered like, you can take a fee, so or you can take he- points on this show, on and the on took, these certain and shows. He took the points, and well, they they figured it. So it's they, like stock like, options, basically. Kind of, but they. The, I, the, I read something where he kind of figured it that like him and his partner were like, look. They're in the third season. If they make two more seasons, they get to syndication if they reach like 90 or 100 episodes, and that's worth X amount of money. That's worth more than what we get paid in a lump sum. And then what ended up happening it's was insane. he so, ended up making seven hundred times what that would have been. So he's still making money, still to this day making Seinfeld. checks off of its off of the The most anti-Semitic motherfucker on the planet, <sighs> maybe not the most. Okay, much, maybe not the most. Stephen Miller yeah, exists. That, How but, much do you think that really just like I aggravates I, the piss out of Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. He's not uh, yeah, maybe. He's anti-PC culture. I can see him being but a little he's, bit on Bannon. He's side. also got enough money that he probably is speculation. Care, yeah. Yeah, I found that to the I wildest were thing, though. I that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, so that is the only one he profits from. Although <laughs> also, he has
5: real quick. Yeah, ev- every comedian's against PC culture.
3: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're yeah. against. There's a the few. There's a few speech, that, I think that the they make way. their
5: jokes off of being PC, but
3: the vast majority of comedians
5: hate PC culture.
3: Yeah, and just my my two cents. Like, I don't mind. I think you can say absolutely whatever you want to say. I think what comedy, it comes from you should be punching up. You should never be punching down at someone littler than you, a minority group, someone who is like right. like yeah. you don't need to make fun of gay people if you want to use that word in a constructive way to to subvert the joke like George Carlin was a guy who could use the n word on stage but get laughs and wasn't seen as racist because of the way he was using it, right maybe today would be different, but like I think there's something to that about comedy always having to be Context. like the little guy against the Goliath
5: mm-hmm. um yeah, he wasn't being demeaning, yeah. I don't I still I d I I don't know how he got away with it. <laughs> Me personally. <laughs> I mean Robert Downey Jr. didn't even get
3: away with blackface. Um there is one other movie that has a weird banning connection. Uh and I'm gonna play another little clip and I wanna see if you guys have any clue what this movie is, because it was a big part of my childhood.
6: Free Mahi Mahi. Free Mahi Mahi, if you will.
3: Any fucking clue? No. That is Biodome with Paul. Oh. oh no shit. I have not seen that in so long, man. So you know that was based on a real thing that happened. We might have been too young to remember the real event that inspired the comedy that has kind of like outlasted like in cultural memory. When you say Biodome you think Paul Shore. I don't know that I've ever seen Biodome. I don't know that you need to see I'm Pa-Dome. not entirely surprised <laughs> yeah. Mr. I don't watch movies. I don't. <laughs> I have seen Encino Man. If so you yeah. said, if you would have said Encino Man. I wanted to ask Jim Isn't as the Brendan uh, Fraser? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the uh, Sean Astin, the yeah. guy from uh, the Fat Hobbit. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask Jim about this. Do you know anything about the Biosphere Two project? Mm-mm. Okay, so this is this project. Well, actually, you know what? I have a clip that'll explain it a hell of a lot better than I can.
7: This is Biosphere Two, a supersized three-acre terrarium, originally funded by Texas billionaire Edward P. Bass. Its 6,600 panes of glass enclosed 7.2 million cubic feet of space, including an artificial rainforest, desert, and tiny ocean, in addition to 3,800 species of animals and plants. When it opened in the early 1990s, it was hailed as one of the world's most impressive scientific undertakings. But it quickly became one of the most notorious, too, as the home of the biospherians, a team of researchers who were sealed inside for years at a time in this supposedly self-sustaining environment and left to fend for themselves. Their mission was to use their world to develop new technologies that might help humans survive on the moon and Mars. They vowed they would grow all the food they needed, recycle their water, air, and waste, and live without supplies from outside. But reports soon surfaced that the biospherians weren't staying true to their word. Stories that they were actually surviving on prepackaged food they had hidden inside, secretly replenishing their oxygen from outside, and using CO2 scrubbers to prevent the buildup of dangerous gases. The reports set off a scientific scandal though it was rumors about what members of the mixed gender team were doing after work that really caught the world's imagination. Rumors seemingly verified when two of the team members got married almost as soon as they got out. What happened in between might have been perfect for reality TV. Unfortunately, the gossip and scandal ended up overshadowing the serious research being done here and even helped bring it to an end. Today, Biosphere Two is still trying to live down its soap opera past and live up to its founders' scientific intentions.
3: Did Quentin Tarantino produce that soundtrack? There, (laughs) it sounded a little uh, neo-marconi. Very like fucking Kill Bill.
5: (laughs) uh, uh, So, in theory, that would actually be pretty pretty awesome. I say three acres. That's not that big. uh, Three acres is not that big. I think it was bigger. I think it's bigger than
3: three acres. I have it somewhere. I
5: I think it said three three acres. Yeah, but in in reality, three acres is not that big. There's it, you can go to like Wentzville and some of the country communities mm-hmm. where they have like three acre plots. Yeah. and there's one road that goes through all of it.
3: Uh, that's not that big. It it takes like twenty minutes to mow it if you have a riding lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. So the original biosphere project with this idea that they were going to completely enclose its own little ecosystem, plants, wildlife, and humans that would have to live and work all within and see. Yeah wildlife on three acres. What, squirrels? Well, they had... <laughs> I mean, like, they needed the... the ah, deer. You need bugs, you, though, in order to grow food, in order to, like, th- the yeah. migrate the crops. And it was yeah. this thing you of, like, could you they need do bugs, it?
5: and you would have definitely needed some mature trees yeah, in order... And it has to be sealed. The way a terrarium works, like... So I, I want a terrarium. I've been saying this for years, that, like, you can get a little, like... Well, not little. It's like a giant mason jar. It's about a gallon and a half mason jar that you can seal off. Yeah. And you, you put soil and bugs and plants inside of it, and it creates, like, its own oxygen through the uh, CO2 cycle that plants take in CO2 and produce oxygen. And it, it'll just, like, it, it, it creates its own little atmosphere. It's yeah. kind of neat. But in on a three-acre plot with that much cubic feet, you would need some very mature trees on it. And I'm going to guess they didn't have those. So, uh. They, they say it was a, a, a because of the researchers. No, it's because of the guys that put the experiment
3: together. They didn't set them up right. Yeah. And I think it. they started with the best intentions, right? <clears throat> a Texas billionaire was this idea that, like, if you're going to colonize the moon, we have to be able to grow crops and have a whole ecosystem indoors to. Sustain people? Could people do that? Could people stay inside for a year and live off the crops they're growing? Recycle the air without it getting dangerous? I mean, all that kind of stuff. If if I'm set up correctly, I could absolutely <clears throat> yeah. do it because I'm now absolutely I'm, like I'm this a was... simp.
5: I would <laughs> gladly sit
3: inside a three acre plot of land to do that stuff. Right, but but this was '91. That was a little. I mean, that would be hard to pull off today. With the amount of technology we have and and renewable energy and, you know, sources we have and kind of stuff. It was really hard in 1991, and obviously there was reports that they were cheating. They were bringing in stuff. Um, Someone, like, cut their hand and had to leave. So the project was a complete scandal. That's why there was a comedy based on it because it was this idea of, like, well, what would happen if two uh, stoners got in there, you know, and and had to fix it? Um, So... of course, when there's a Joe Bannon a, had a hand in the movie. Well, when yeah, after there's this like the the project goes to shit. They need to they need to like reset in version two of the project because they're not going to abandon it. They spent a lot of money building this yeah. giant fucking thing out in the desert. So they bring in fucking Steve Bannon to, <laughs> to fix it <laughs> uh, to and, try to redo the experiment, but it yeah. ends up being a movie. And at this point, I'll just remind you before we play this clip, which is the earliest like uh like news clip I can find of Bannon. There might be more. Before I mean, I didn't. I don't know how to do. I didn't do that. Right. Knowing
5: the background of that true story totally explains the the quirkiness of the movie.
3: Right, and that and that it was based on. Like, it couldn't have been something someone just made up. Like, all all I can
5: think of is seeing, Polly Shore in, some really tight leopard
3: skin speedos. <laughs> I will say, in preparation for this episode, I rewatched more of that movie than I should, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it still holds up. Uh, but here is Bannon talking did about... Did it ever hold up? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, you recommended me not watch it when we started this bit. You wouldn't like it. I know you. But <laughs> okay. uh, if you grew up in the 90s, I, if you watched it before... I did grow up in the 90s. It's like, I,
5: I watched it in Afghanistan.
3: I was very bored. <laughs> I had already seen umpteen thousand movies. That's about the time to watch a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> or when you're preparing an episode and you need a break from listening to it. It was my, my first fascist, tour, like right. 2009-ish. But, uh, but here is Steve Bannon in one of his earliest appearances uh, in the public eye talking about being put in charge of Biosphere 2.
2: Biosphere 2 was uh, designed as an environmental lab that uh, replicated, to the degree one can replicate, uh, all the different ecosystems uh, of the Earth. And so it has been referred to in the past as a planet in a bottle. And whereas it's not a direct... Uh, does not directly replicate Earth. It's the closest thing we've ever come to, having all the major biomes, all the ecosystems, plant species, animals, etc., that really try to make an analog for the planet Earth. The first mission was two years long, which most people remember is that the people came in for two years, and, and it was a survival demonstration. Very successful, very heroic people. The second crew was uh, six and a half months. Does that sound a
3: lot like Trump? Well, exactly. A, it was not very a success. successful. Very it was in no people. way a success. It was marred in scandal and controversy from the get go. The whole time he was talking, I was like, "Man, he is really like, he's really good at talking." Like, he is. He's full of shit. He is. <laughs> he's well, not and really here's good at one. Talking. And here's another clip of why uh, he goes on talking about biosphere two and what they hope to accomplish. And he talks about something that maybe 30 years
2: later he wouldn't want to talk about in this way. Uh, what a lot of the scientists who are studying global change. Uh, and studying the effects of greenhouse gases, uh, many of them feel that the Earth's atmosphere in 100 years is what the Biosphere 2's atmosphere is today. We have extraordinarily high uh, CO2, we have very high nitrous oxide, we have high methane, and we have lower oxygen. Uh, content and What's so that cost, Steve? Uh, the power of this place is allowing <laughs> those scientists who are really involved in study of a global change and which on in the outside world of biosphere one really have to work with just computer simulation this actually allows them to study and monitor the impact of enhanced co2 and other greenhouse gases on on humans plants and uh in animals
3: what a dopey ass
5: how did this never get pulled <laughs>
3: How did this clip never get pulled? It did. I, I've seen it uh, in doing research. I found it in some, but it, it's not no, like, like.
5: How did that never get pulled during to- the election? In 2016. Uh, That would have been... This guy believes in climate change. (laughs) If you
3: remember, if you remember, I don't believe Bannon was part... Like, Bannon Bannon was part of... Of 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 getting him elected, but he didn't take an official position until after the election. Until after the election. when he he, he started to get... Although, there are articles...
5: Everybody knew he was part of it. It's not like George Soros, where they're like, Oh, he's part of it, but I can't prove it. No, he was... Yeah. I mean, there was an article... He was on, on the payroll. There
3: was an article in 2005 from Bloomberg that was titled, This man is the most dangerous political operator in America. And then the subtitle was... Steve Bannon runs the new vast right-wing conspiracy, and he wants to take down both Hillary Clinton and Jeb Bush, which is a pretty present title. That's what ended up happening. Mm-hmm. The picture for that article is hilarious because it's like Fat Steve Bannon with his shirt undone, and he has his hand out his pants, and he's sitting <laughs> on a couch. Giuliani, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's great. But like, in that, that clip <laughs> does show an like <laughs> that clip does show more of what an asshole he is because when it's his when he can get paid and when he can get his job done by. Uh, talking up climate change when it's a, a niche issue in 1991 and it's an outsider issue that not a lot of people are talking about it and, and, and like these echo like friendly people are, are all hippies and whatever right he'll he'll play that up in the scientific like look what we're doing here this has such applications for this dire thing right but fast forward to 2016 and climate change doesn't, isn't a problem we can roll back regulations because like, now his um, he's, he's still saying it isn't real al gore's crazy yeah yeah and <laughs> um, no we know we have uh, we have proof he knew but he knows quite well that it's real. He's worked with scientists either since 1991. That, either that, or he just knows how to talk and say whatever he needs to there's, say. Sell whatever he's episode, selling.
5: There's an episode of Space Force that makes fun of this. Like when we started oh, listening to the, yeah. the pitch of Biosphere 2, it was like like episode 3 of Space Force. Yeah, they, they do they that. I that. saw
3: that too, yeah. And it's, it's because, and actually, uh, before we leave this topic, uh, I'll just point out that Biosphere 2 is still running. Uh, the University no of Arizona took it over in 2011, and a lot of good research has actually come from it. In I would the 30 imagine. Years. I would imagine when they uh, like, uh, how, a lot how locked in are they? Uh, well, n- n- they don't always do that. A lot of times they'll come, they'll like come and go out of the airlock, but they'll let uh, the plants grow and they'll use it more to monitor. Like, so
5: it's a better terrarium.
3: I mean, yeah, but they use it for a lot because they have so many. They have a, a desert area. They have a lot of different. Uh, Essentially, what you know, happens
5: inside of a, a terrarium is uh, terraforming. You, you, you terraform a landscape yeah. into being self-sustaining. I
3: don't know exactly what they're doing there now. I do know that a lot of pretty reputable research has come from there, but they're still trying – because when people say Biosphere 2, what everyone thinks is, like, the polish Shore movie and the fact that, yeah. like uh, – I mean, two crew me- – <laughs> when Bannon was in charge, two crew members uh, sabotaged it. They uh, Two former crew members from the first uh, set of people that were there came back and, like, opened the door and, like – Fucked with it essentially, yeah. he threw off all the levels because they were concerned that he was an investor, that he was a golden, uh, Goldman Sachs investment banker, and that he was they, <laughs> they not, were afraid not, of the globalists, they thought <laughs> he was a fucking globalist. <laughs> nice, uh, and there was actually a lawsuit by a disgruntled former employee, uh, describing Bannon as a quote foul mouth, sexist corporate takeover artist. I'll buy it. Uh, yep. uh, Bannon left after two years, so he didn't do much. Uh, and the lawsuit actually. Uh, his departure was marked by an abuse of power civil lawsuit that was filed against space biosphere ventures because of him <laughs> Bannon seems like the guy at work who gets drunk and slaps asses right during, well yeah. <laughs> to that point during a 1996 trial Bannon testified that he called one of the uh, the plaintiffs uh, a woman a self-centered deluded young woman and that a bimbo he also testified that the woman when the woman submitted a five- page uh, complaint outlining safety problems at the site, he promised to shove the complaint down her throat. Oh, huh. man. Small um, guy. Yeah, and there was a there was a payout of like $600,000 that they paid to that woman to like settle squash. Only. And he le- yeah. And then he left. Only. Yeah, he left to do other things and venture around Asia for a while. And then uh, that was one of the things when he came back from Asia after setting up more businesses, he was pissed off at the way uh, that he felt like Bush had handled stuff and Obama was taking the country. And I guess that coupled with his earlier disappointment in Jimmy Carter and fucking Reagan, or mm. not Reagan, I think Bush was the other one. He yeah. loves Reagan, like they all do. Um, that is what uh, got him into politics. Well, that's they, also, into they also, like that is kind of at least where we stand with the Bannon-type personality, the Bannon, Stephen Miller, Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, those guys, Richard Spencer, all of those guys who are part of that, like, right-wing grift. Um, the Shills. that They're in was being the the conservative who was anti-bush, right? Because like it it was the anti-conservative conservative. Oh, we're going to acknowledge our side fucked up. So, and and they all called
5: them they called themselves the alt-right, which in reality is the very far right. Yeah.
3: yeah. And you can you, you you can see it's uh like it reaching back into like the Tea Party of which they got like the Tea Party kind of got traction because they were able to get those dis- the tea party, the disaffected. Yeah, the Tea Party was Republican. the mainstream version. The, the they tea, were like Green party day the, of the, the of... Tea Party got
5: hijacked, <laughs> right? So yeah. the, the Tea Party at its at its core was just like a grassroots movement where it was trying to shrink government, and then a whole bunch of people hopped on board with nefarious ideas and pushed it very far to the that's, right.
3: That's really where like those uh, right wing conspiracy guys and like the alt right, far right, whatever, like they get dangerous around the time of the of the Tea Party because the yeah. Tea Party was a well, grassroots yeah. well, movement to was a grassroots movement it move, was a populist movement. Two moms and dads across middle America and shit. But I will not argue, to the people who were infiltrated I will it, argue that, that people Gavin McGinnis got in there. Right. Well I would argue too that's when the GOP became the party of populism of uh uh the the many against the elite which before they weren't they they were the party of the working class, and they've been kind well, of And really, over. they just replaced well, the Well, and I would say the Democrats have been the party of the working class, like the unions and and Well, maybe in policy, but I think in, in voter minds, like they're now the populist group very in the shifted. terms— There's yeah. a lot of
5: working class that votes Republican now. Yeah.
3: And it was—I mean, 2007 is exactly when Andrew Breitbart and Steve Bannon teamed up to co-found Breitbart News, which was the—you know, it, it before Obama— Right. Like, you know, Obama was running at that point, but he hadn't yeah. been elected yet. I think he was running in 2007. How that, long before OAN is in then? the same boat? Before she's in what boat? No, how long before
5: OAN is in the
3: same oh, boat? Oh, OAN. I <laughs> thought AOC for some reason. We're just throwing, in, we're throwing letters out. Uh,. OAN. Other, other american oh, news what do you mean before oan is so far past that like go yeah. look at OAN's It's disturbing to watch one america I, news is complete fascism you guys left fox I'll, all right i got
5: trump I news network admit, i gotta admit i've seen him once for like 15 minutes and it was eight months ago no it's it's, it's, bad. it's progressed that fast it's alex months?
3: jones is really a big fan of them now yeah. oh god <laughs> you guys keep talking right. but i'll i'll find them on facebook I'm a firm believer
5: that a lot of the media personalities aren't actually like what they are on TV. I don't think they are but, either. I
3: think they're playing a character. Right? But
5: they incite a lot of people to to live exactly mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. are yeah. on TV. Like, I have an aunt that she acts exactly like Tommy Laren all the fucking time. Like, you are insufferable. There's a lot of things
3: that I agree with you on, but you are insufferable. I <laughs> hate you because of it. <laughs> 7 hours ago on One American News Network's Facebook page the RNC is committed to fight, to the fight for election integrity in Michigan with uh, chairwoman oh Rhonda McDaniel um, let's see peace talks in Afghanistan positive Trump news it's it, like a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's it is become, it's like the white house twitter feed right um Los Angeles County to enforce extreme COVID-19 restrictions over the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh President Tr- 9 hours ago, President Trump's campaign is quickly moving up their case to President Trump's campaign is quickly moving up their case against potential voter fraud in Pennsylvania. That's not true. That's no, not true at <laughs> like, all. It's demonstratively so false. Be- before the, the election. The Chinese Communist Party is spending millions on space to spread pro-China messages across the United States. First of all, if you have, to, say, if you have States, to refer to it as the the Chinese Communist government and not just the Chinese government and trust people will get it, you they, have an agenda. They even put CCP in parentheses yeah. so that you can— They might as well say China USSR. Oh, so, like— <laughs> yeah 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 like Mao. yeah <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous like that's all within a two-hour stretch this morning and we have fucking steve bannon to blame for this because in 2007 breitbart got their start reposting <laughs> 30 the- 30 sorry well, one more 30 minutes before that a manufacturer of electronic voting systems tied to billionaire george soros has reportedly been caught lying about its go. connection to dominion voting systems like, oh, Dominion. That's the morning fucking Yeah, One America email. News is so far gone. Like, I don't yeah. know how Trump, if Trump does leave and start a news network, I don't know how he's going to compete because there's so much bullshit I, I already gotta, there. I got to <laughs> like, say,
5: I got to say, I'm a little happy looking at the numbers. There's only 2.8. Reactions, right? Four fifty-four comments and eight hundred and fourteen shares. Yeah, well, yeah. But the
3: conservatives claim they left Facebook, so that could have something oh, to yeah. do with it. <laughs> they're all on Parler yeah, now. Yeah, probably parlay. where OAN. I guarantee you that they have a fucking page there. So <laughs> like,
5: pa- and Parler. Gab- it makes me. Like, you just said Parlay. It yeah, makes me think uh, of that that scene in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It's when, called whenever they bust open the closet door yeah. and she's like,
3: "I want Parlay," and they're like, "Parlay." <laughs> We can't hurt her now. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it was actually, suppo- it's supposed to be pronounced parlay. as oh, in exactly. the French to parlay, to have a conversation well, they back the, and they left an I out of there. Did they? Because I'm pretty sure it was just like. Parler the, is not,
5: if it's supposed to be parlay, it's not spelled P-A-R-L-E-R. I could
3: have swore that was what I, I maybe, I don't know, it's I need to suppo- do more research it, on it, would it be, but I read that somewhere or heard it. I hope it that, they, they just say it would be Maybe I E R. Maybe E I R I E R. Maybe parlor is the redneck reincarnation of parlay. parlay like they just yeah. br- they just Americanized like like it, became eight it became like Forgedham bastardized that, like eight coon, like the fucking office. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the office is better as an American show. So yeah, we I said it. Fuck you, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> wow, hot take. Just like the hot takes that Breitbart would offer <laughs> up in two thousand seven. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> Back on track. Uh. They got their start. Breitbart. I don't know if, if you guys really swam in those waters back in two thousand seven. I really didn't. No. Uh, they reposted the Anthony Weiner sexting scandal. Uh, the resignation of Shirley Sherrod. I don't know if you remember that she was the black lady who gave a speech for the NAACP. Breitbart mm-hmm. published a highly edited two minute video of a forty five minute speech in which he talked about that. Um, when she was helping people get jobs or something, helping poor people, that she didn't help a white person, she would direct them to another white person. But she would go on to use it as an example of why she shouldn't do that. Right. But they, but and they, then she got into a whole lawsuit and settled out of court with them over that. Uh, the Acorn, uh, the Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, yeah, the Veritas. They they were the ones really amplifying that back in the day when even Fox, I don't even know if Fox would touch it back then. they, might and have they were more even dignity. they were pre Drudge Report, right? No, Drudge has been around since the 90s. They were the one oh, that broke they? Uh, they broke Lewinsky. Yeah, that was okay. their big claim to fame back in the day. They're kind of following in Drudge's footsteps. Uh, the, Andrew Breitbart's like a Drudge wannabe, except did a lot more cocaine and had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he has a heart attack in 2012. Uh, good old Stevie fucking takes over Breitbart. And under his tutelage, he hires uh, uh, oh, what's the Ben Shapiro and puts him in charge of like under him. And they become uh, the, the self-proclaimed home of the alt-right. Uh, they be start a lot more populist movement, and especially in Europe, they start covering a lot of European nationalist populist movements. Uh, they start flirting with white nationalism a lot more. Uh, and that leads him naturally to, to amplifying Trump in 2015, three right. years later. And probably the reason Trump when, could even when, run.
5: When exactly did Shapiro leave? Breitbart.
3: Uh He left pretty soon afterwards. He actually had a lot of harsh things to say about Steve Bannon and claimed that Steve Bannon was like humping the corpse. In my words of uh, Breitbart, who he claimed was a great person who had a lot more integrity. Uh, I guess yeah, he he does not like and but also like he. But in that the was same back when sense, Shapiro was talking bad about the, Trump, and he didn't do that for sense, long. It's a big black mark on Shapiro's
5: career because you know he worked for Bannon. Yeah,
3: yeah, but he's not like he is only more clever now. Like. He is like Shapiro and Bannon. He's still a shill. Shapiro and Bannon are cut from the same tree, as far like
5: Shapiro is still a shill he, because he works for the Daily Mail. Yeah, uh, he's also when you, when you actually listen to any of his speeches prior to him ever working with Breitbart or the Daily Mail, he actually had his own ideas and whatnot. Like he was really just an economist, right? He was a right wing yeah. economist. I feel That's all like he was, and then he got on with. These shows, he get paid an exorbitant amount of money. He sold out.
3: Shapiro to me is the um, the less offensive Milo Yiannopoulos. Like he has all of the same. But He's not gay though. He, no, he's not. <laughs> but like he's the. But as far as his presentation, his worldview, and what he's pitching, like he has the same belief system as Milo Yiannopoulos. He's just not gross and offensive about it. He doesn't like get in your face and be like. He de- he doesn't have to say the f word or say. That's like, definitely the way he is on his show. He's also a little bit of. Uh, like, when he, when he go, know, when he's he's a goes doof.
5: anywhere else, he doesn't act like that. Is
3: this where you queue up a w- WAP? No. <laughs> 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 I'm uh, not
5: saying that. He's yeah. We'll have to cover I'm not Shapiro saying that he's good.
3: Yeah uh, yeah. I don't think he's as bad. He's as defi- He's definitely
5: worth a whole another
3: conversation. I dude. think band is talk a about lot Shapiro worse. For a I long think time. Yeah. But I don't like him particularly. But uh, with eighty eight days to go until the election, Bannon was appointed chief uh, Trump's chief of staff. So it was right before the you know, I mean, literally like a little over two months, right? Uh, and when Trump took over office, he was made Trump's chief strategist uh, and kind of put in charge of him. And Stephen Miller were overseeing a lot of the. They were writing a lot of the speeches, overseeing a lot of the policy design. Yeah, and he was riding pretty high in February twenty seventeen. He was uh, even on the cover of Time. Which labeled him the great manipulator. I don't know if you remember that that cover nope. of him looking like yeah, like the thinker. I love that. Like uh, Republicans, Trump supporters were like, "Why do you think he's racist?" Uh, hello. <laughs> but his uh, friends are fucking Steve Bannon, Steve Miller, and Jeff Sessions. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but I'm uh, pretty
5: sure he smokes cigars and drops the n bomb with him all the right, time.
3: Yeah, Bannon's uh, riding high, and then being on the cover of Time wouldn't last long because he was uh, fired shortly after that, and I think we've covered a lot of that, but let's give ourselves a little refresher.
1: If you don't know Steve Bannon by his politics, you may well know him for the way he was portrayed on Saturday Night Live. That's him, the Grim Reaper.
6: Hello, Donald. I have arrived.
1: (laughs) Bannon's reputation is of a take-no-prisoners populist nationalist ideologue with the ear of Donald Trump, a promoter of the alt-right via the ultra-conservative news site Breitbart he helped run. Bannon was a key player in the rise of Donald Trump, chief executive of his campaign. He was with Trump on stage for his victory speech on election night. Trump later named him chief strategist. But months after that, amid feuding in the White House, Bannon was fired, though he remained a Trump ally. Returning to Breitbart, seemingly intent on pushing hard against so-called establishment politics, he backed Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore in Alabama, despite allegations of sexual assault against Moore, and seemed to fall further from favor in the eyes of Trump. Then came that book, Fire and Fury, with Bannon a key contributor to its stories of chaos in the White House and an inept inner circle. He called Trump's daughter Ivanka dumb as a brick, slamming as treasonous Donald Trump Jr. for a mid campaign meeting at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer. Remember those days? Bannon oh, yeah. later said Dogs his comments were misinterpreted, but Trump was furious and said Bannon had lost his mind. That's why sloppy Steve is now looking for a job.
0: Sloppy Trump Steve. backers <laughs> chose oh, sides. Man.
1: Billionaire those conservative Rebecca Mercer, a longtime friend of Bannon and investor at Breitbart, pulled her How support weird is that for him. Say? And today, Bannon stepped beginning aside. of the end. I'm proud Brighter of days. what the Breitbart team has accomplished <laughs> in so short a period of time, he wrote, in building a world-class news platform.
3: So there you go. He was actually fired for the White House and then uh, went back to Breitbart, and shortly after that, because of the book coming out and everything, because uh, mm-hmm. he was actually, he wasn't fired for uh, Fire and Fury. He was fired because of the Unite the Right rally. He was, he was let like, go oh, about a, less than a week after that, and there's a lot of speculation that the whole... Uh, both sides to blame line of defense was Bannon's. Bannon's. I've seen people say it was Steve Miller's too, but it seems like with Bannon's exiting, it seemed like he might have been the one pushing for that, like blame both sides. He said there's a lot of good people on both sides. That might have been his exact line. It sounds like something he would say. Here's the the thing. Say whatever you want about how shitty that was for him, but it accomplished what he wanted to do because that was the first time there was a little bit of rumbling at – I feel like Antifa exists because of people like Steve Bannon and Steve Miller. They fucking spoke that shit into existence. Trolls. Yeah, yeah, because they They, they they provoked it, and then people started being like, well, what is fascism? What is anti-fascism? Well, I'm not a fucking fascist, so um, I guess that would mean... so, I don't so know. yeah, what's uh, so what's old Sloppy Steve to do once you're fired from the White House and Breitbart? You know, I mean, you go back to fucking making documentaries about Sarah Palin? Hell no! <laughs> right. You fucking you go to Europe, right? And uh, you start a movement there.
6: Right-wing populists are on the rise across Europe. Their parties are gaining ground in Germany, Hungary, Sweden, Italy, and France.
0: Vim la France!
6: And with European parliamentary elections approaching. They're being offered help from a wealthy American.
4: Your children are going to be poor and your grandchildren are
6: going to be paupers. He's the ex-Goldman Sachs banker who helped elect Donald Trump.
2: Everything from here on in is going to be hard and nasty and ugly.
6: He's been exiled from the White House and ousted from his far-right website, Breitbart. Now Steve Bannon's running a campaign machine to boost Europe's far-right. He's calling it the movement. Bannon's project was hatched in this London hotel in July, when he convened a meeting with figures from across the far right. In a basement bar?
4: Yeah, good busy, though.
6: Two days later, he told me his plan. The
4: the beating heart of the globalist project Mm -hmm. is in Brussels. If I drive the stake through the vampire, the whole thing will start to dissipate. We'll call it the movement or the cause or something like that.
3: These guys just fantasise everything. Like, that whole alt-right thing is just a fucking fantasy. Yeah. Like, all of it, QAnon, Bannon, Jones, like, ugh.
5: Well, how scary is it that they almost succeeded?
3: Well, they are succeeding. Like, yeah. they are fucking tearing <clears throat> shit apart well, with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Bannon They goes, haven't hit their end game, That's the reason that I said they haven't succeeded. Yeah, yet. right. Despite getting fired, Bannon had kind of fucking- Their had... end game is Revelation. <laughs> like- <laughs> We all die. But Bannon had kind of, like- I guess he'd accomplished his goal if you started in 2007 and you get Trump elected. I mean, despite the fact that he got fired from both Bright Party and the White House, he you know, he spoke a little bit ill of Trump, but he was very quickly back on the, the Trump train. Right. And went off to Europe to kind of lick his wounds and try to start populist movements there and nationalist movements all over fucking Europe. You say lick his wounds. Would you say suck his own cock? <laughs> I might if I was <laughs> the mooch. Yeah. Uh, So he... Uh, fucking he tried to establish a lot of goddamn movements in a a variety of countries uh he tried to uh i mean from france italy fucking britain germany austria denmark spain all over the place he was uh putting money and appearances in and organizing rallies and this is like 2017 2018 Uh, 2018 yeah through that whole era um, uh, of just that trying to whole era. There was like I mean, yesterday, it's and the like, thing was, I mean, he was feels pitched, like a lifetime. He ago. was pitching oh, the exact man. same idea wherever he went, which is that what we heard in that clip, which was, uh, you, "You're going to be poor, and your children are going to be even poorer. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to be slaves." Yeah, the same thing that was said here in 2016. It's that it's it is mm-hmm. that populist thing of like the little guy against the big guy. But no matter where you go, he's pitching it about us against the elites. No matter mm-hmm. if you're in Italy or Belgium or wherever the fuck. Yeah, and they're not overthrowing the elites. And the like, other well, no, and the other major thing. That I would say – That's what Bannon's trying to do. And the other thing he's doing is like – besides just like uh, you should be against the globalists and they're in Brussels or wherever the fuck he thinks they are, but uh, he also is very anti-immigration. Part of this seems to me at least in listening to a lot of his speeches to be like – he goes to a lot of places and be like, hey, you should just – Stay in your country and let, not let in other people who are different. And right. then, if everyone does that, we'll, well all he, be better. And he's
5: feeding off of the the Europeans in that era because there was a lot of Muslim immigrants from all over the Middle East yeah. because it's in turmoil. Yeah.
3: Well, and Trump was talking about it nonstop too. Like, yeah, you know. and there was
5: there was a rise of terrorist attacks in Europe because primarily because they couldn't get here. Yeah. Uh, so for various reasons, they attacked all over Europe. And that all those movements arose because of that, and they used the racism against it does, People of Islam. It does yeah.
3: seem like people like uh, Bannon, because like I keep saying Alex Jones, but I mean that in like the way that they like Alex Jones is similar to Bannon in the way the that way they profit pre- off of it. The way that they present themselves. No, I think the way that they profit off of it is very different because, or I think they're that on they a, both profit off it. I guess they're is what on I a meant. different sc- Manafort and Bannon have connections, like can walk into rooms with leaders and shit. And it does seem interesting that like he goes around the world basically saying, be pissed off at your government. That creates chaos that's a that allows guys like Bannon to fucking launder money and like rig shit and go unchecked because they're bouncing around and all of oh, these fucking you, governments are in You you talking about launder money there. You wanna you wanna get back to that? Uh do you remember uh, a little thing called uh, We Build the Wall, a little fundraiser that happened? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Steve Bannon, you might not be surprised, joined on to that early. He was one of the people that, uh, I don't know if he helped set it up. I think he got involved a little later and, was, so and how amplified much, it. So how much taxpayer money has he stolen? Well, we're about to find out. Uh, well, We're, we're going to find out why he, built, why he joined so We Build th- the Wall. So this is the reason why there's only like four miles of wall. Yeah. Well, this is he'll tell you why it's important that we build the wall here.
6: Steve, we are so honored to have you with us and part of this effort. What, why, what made you join this effort? And what does the border wall mean to you?
4: Well, look, we've been arguing about this for, what, 30 years. Hang on. Thirty years ago, you were arguing
3: about climate change and biosphere too. Don't fucking lie <laughs> right. to me. I got the clips. Yeah. Also, who is the interviewer here? Because she's-, uh, she's the one who like she's works for We Build the Wall. Okay. She's yeah. I was gonna say because she's honored, and I'm like, this is Steve Bannon. She's though. You throwing the softball. You yeah. know who he is, yeah. right? <laughs> There's a lot of reverence for the man that co-created Breitbart is, fuck is honor. and fucking produced undefeated.
4: <laughs> All right, and, but and uh, it, was central, it was a central part of the Tea Party movement. It's one of the big reasons we had that huge victory in 2010. You know, we we, we, sh- we were able to shut down DACA in 2013. It's really the heart of the Trump movement. I think it's one of the reasons, if not the reason, that Donald Trump's president of the United States.
3: No, yeah, that might be—build we'll the wall might be one of the reasons, along yeah. with Locker Up. I could say—yeah, it definitely yeah. goes into it. So we build the wall was the whole thing. We're going to crowd—the uh, Democrats won't give us the money. We're going to crowdfund it, and honest Americans will pay for it through fucking mm. Indiegogo or whatever. And, uh, and Bannon got involved with this guy named, uh, Brian Colfage and a couple other people, but Brian Colfage was a triple amputee. He had lost both legs and one uh, part of his arm in, uh, Iraq, I believe, or Afghanistan. I don't remember exactly where. Okay. But he was a war veteran and they were both, and like, he was one of the main, uh, the spokesmen for it. And, and he would come on the war room with Bannon a lot and they would pitch this idea of like, and they kept pitching it as all the money. Like we don't pay anybody. Brian is not getting a spokesman fee. We're all doing it. All the money is going to go to building that damn wall that we need that is going to keep us so safe. Uh, But that didn't last very – it didn't mean that – anybody who believed that is probably pretty deluded. And luckily uh, there are people who are keeping an eye on that thing, and uh,
0: it wasn't long before there were some arrests. This morning, Steve Bannon, once a top aide to President Trump, is out on $5 million bail after being indicted on federal fraud charges. Prosecutors say the 66-year-old, along with three others, raised more than $25 million in a crowdfunding campaign they said would go entirely to build sections of the southern border wall. It's all to support President Trump and what President Trump's trying to do, to
4: get a physical barrier on the southern border.
0: Bannon is accused of taking nearly $1 million of that campaign to fund his own lavish lifestyle. He was arrested off the coast of Connecticut, aboard a 150-foot yacht he does not own, where he was drinking coffee and reading a book. Also charged Brian Colfage, a 38-year-old Air Force veteran and triple amputee from Florida. Colphage is accused of taking more than $350,000 in donations, spending it on home renovations, boat payments, even cosmetic surgery. Bannon was a former chief strategist at the White House and one of the architects of President Trump's 2016 campaign.
4: Well, I feel very badly. I haven't been dealing
0: with him for a long period of time. I know nothing about the project other than I didn't like when I read about it. I didn't like it. But longtime ally Chris Kobach told the New York Times in an interview last year, the president said the project has my blessing, and you can tell the media that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking
3: stupid. I can't wait until it, this is hardly. Their relationship like a drives me crazy. Like do they like each other or not? I guess it's opportunism it, it is opportunism 100. they like each other when when it's they're, beneficial they're it's rat it's fucking the same each thing other. As, yeah I mean it's the
5: same thing as his relationship with Epstein as soon as Epstein probably got his children caught, he was
3: like oh he's a terrible guy yeah, yeah. no yeah it's it's which is wild, wild man yeah. what's even wilder is that uh, if you were watching the war room uh, before they even got arrested but while they were still uh, while Brian and Stevie boy uh sloppy Steve were still pimping we build the wall uh the crowdfunding. You might have caught this little moment.
4: Welcome back. This is Stephen K. Bannon. We're off the uh, coast of Saint Tropez in uh, southern France in the Mediterranean. We're on the million-dollar yacht of uh, Brian Kolfage. And uh, uh, Brian Kolfage, he took all that money from Build the Wall. No, we're what? actually in Sunland Park, New Mexico.
3: That was a joke Slipped he made. In. While they were actually stealing millions of dollars. Jesus Christ, He man. joked about that. That's what. Uh, and what's sad is that he's gonna get away with it. Like, of course he is. And there's a shit ton of people that will stupidly defend that he, for some reason, didn't fucking do it. The trial is upcoming. Like, 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 we're gonna keep an eye on it. The trial is set for May 24th of 21. Uh, and he stole a million dollars. Brian Kolfage stole three hundred something. I think the weird. Uh, that's the weirdest thing about people who have like, because Bannon obviously has a relationship with Trump, and I think like one of the weirdest things about Trump because of his supporters and their passion, is that people like Bannon and Flynn and all these guys that like nobody should really like like we don't like Bertie Madoff nobody who says Madoff's name fucking likes him at all on any side of the political thing yeah but because uh like because Michael Cohen was involved with Trump like sometimes you hate him sometimes you like him Comey's the same thing Bannon's one of these guys that's gonna get a pass from 70 million people because they're just like ah well they were going after all of his buddies right they were all bad guys (laughs) (laughs) or they like what he was trying to do in Europe, which, by the way, I don't know if I ever it's uh, closed on this. His whole like Bannon's whole trip to Europe, and he's trying to uh, start movement, the movement everywhere, the cause, whatever the fuck he wants to call it. It's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, like in 2019, this Fran- guy sounds like he's playing D and D with I actual mean, with, human life. He's playing lives. fucking Risk. Yeah. Is what he's doing. Uh, like France and Italy and Britain. Uh, The populist movements that he kind of uh, helped foster did pretty well, but they didn't do well in Germany and Austria and Denmark or Spain. And even in places like France, uh, like uh, Marie Le Pen, like, distanced themselves and said, like, yeah, Bannon didn't have shit to do with us. Like, he's not embraced. And that's the thing about nationalist, like, from an from America, being a nationalist, and then trying to start nationalist movements in other countries, like, well, a nationalist movement in France is kind of counterintuitive to a national... Only one nation can come out on top. I feel like Bannon's probably you know? not even the, like, the guy. Like, I bet you Bannon is just, he's like... He's trying to take Europe back to the 1950s. I bet you Bannon's just, like, a guy with a Coke problem that met Vladimir Putin, and he's like, hey, I can run this guy around the world and give him some fucking dope. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the type of guy that Bannon strikes me as. Like... Allegedly. Uh. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you what kind of guy Bannon is now. Uh, his most, What he's doing now is he's sitting in the war room colon pandemic. And uh, he's saying stuff like this that's getting him kicked off of Twitter.
4: And that's the second term. Second term kicks off with firing Ray, firing Fauci. Now, I actually want to go a step farther, but I read the president is a kind-hearted man and a good man.
3: I- ha. Hang on. I'm going to pause it right there so we can get some comments out. Yeah, well. Kind-hearted man. Uh, a good man. I mean – you know, it's been stated. I I almost let these things slide at this point because, nope. like, Civil War is the next That's, comment. Of all the, no, of all the no lies you can tell.
5: Ma- no kind-hearted man tweets five times a day with his
4: caps lock on.
5: Right? <laughs>
3: yeah, no shit.
4: <laughs> I'd actually like to go back to the old uh, times of Tudor England. I'd put the heads on pikes, right? I'd put them at the two corners of the White House as a warning.
3: Reasonable? To Sounds- federal what? bureaucrats. Good-hearted man. Get heads with on the pikes.
4: Program, Sounds. Are you gone? Time to stop playing games. Blow it all out. But He's talking Rick about fraudulent today. Yeah, specifically, as the interim Fauci. head of the FBI. That'll, that'll light, him. Re- and, that'll light uh, him up, right? You know what, Ray. Steve? Just yesterday, there was the anniversary of the hanging of two Tories in Philadelphia. These were Quaker businessmen who had uh, cohabitated, if you will, with the British while they were occupying Philadelphia. These people were hung. Let's commemorate it, Steve. This is what we used to do yep. to traitors. That's how you won the revolution. Nobody wants to talk about it. Revolution wasn't some sort of garden party. He's, right? he's rescheduled. It was not as a civil war.
3: Fauci is a
5: traitor. It was a civil war. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: These
4: people are. And saying that this nuts. is a
3: civil war we're in. Trump, and he's specifically talking about against Trump. Against what? Face masks? About them wanting Trump to. <laughs> about right? Trump losing. They can't stand the fact that their demigod lost and they. It has it's to be. A civil and war it has against to have PPE. Well, and I guess that is true, right? Because, like, there wouldn't be a war against Fauci if Trump didn't fuck up the pandemic. Like, if Trump didn't fuck up the pandemic, Fauci would be If he whatever. would have done anything at all. But the problem was that instead of just say, "Hey, hey, governors, uh, do your thing." Trump never listened to Fauci, so that made us listen to Fauci because Trump was clearly fucking this shit up, and that's why Fauci's the bad guy. But that shit is fascist shit. Well, put their heads on pike. That's not even fat. Like that's archaic fascism. Yeah, (laughs) like what the fuck. Yeah. Um, might not surprise you to learn Vlad the Impaler shit. Right. Shit. It might not surprise That's you a real to learn back. <laughs> that uh, by the end of the day, Facebook and Twitter had deleted that video. They weren't going to allow someone to call for someone's head on a pike, especially someone who worked in the, the White House. On the corner of the White House. And knows the president, like, who has that much reach. They're not going to allow that. Uh, MailChimp also disbanded uh, Bannon's uh, email newsletter. Um, Twitter permanently banned his account. He has kicked off Twitter. Interestingly, Facebook did not. Mark Zuckerberg said, and i quote, we have specific rules around how many times you need to violate certain p- policies before we will deactivate your account completely. You want to know some things that I, I, do, I, know, I know about the inside? I know you have the some things time. to say about this. Yeah, I do, because I get fucking banned from Facebook. Brandon's been to the Facebook gulag. I'm in <laughs> the gulag right now, again, for seven days. <laughs> Did you threaten to put someone's head on What'd the mic? What would you say I now? I do- it doesn't matter what I said. <laughs> <laughs> The point it is, sounds like it matters a lot what you said <laughs> no the point is like <laughs> dude you get you get kicked off for fucking here's my problem with Facebook and here's why shortly I will be deactivating my personal account Stallberg because AKA yeah pretty much like I feel like, Okay, so I told you uh, several episodes ago that, like, and you guys know, I was into the whole, like, QAnon thing. Not into the QAnon thing, but, like, watching it and, like, was I was undercover. infiltrating. Yeah, I was uh, on all those pages. I reported a shit ton of that stuff and a shit ton of the, like, uh, Save the Children, all of that stuff. When it became, like, oh, Save the Children, Dr. Fauci, masks are bad. Like, clearly this what, is not what, about what trafficking. What was it a couple weeks ago? Uh, it, it, I don't know. Stop steal is going stop, on, on now. It
5: yeah, w- it was something very like you said it sarcastically, and Facebook was like,
3: "Nope." Oh, it was it was uh, on election day. Oh my god, getting banned on election day is the worst fucking thing (laughs) in the world. Disenfranchisement. I've been saving tweets and posts for four (laughs) years, like based on what could potentially happen, and I got banned because uh, there was a there was an article in um, uh, there was an article from local news. I I don't know if it was the St. Louis Post Dispatch or whatever uh, about graffiti. On a polling place, I think downtown, but somewhere in the area. And it, it was a sickle and hammer. And so, of course, the comments were Antifa, 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 Antifa. And me being a person who's like, well, these guys like conspiracies, so let's throw this one out there. It was like, probably, or I don't even think I said probably. I said. Um, you
5: said it like with, I, with certainty, but us knowing you, we were like, yeah, that's sarcastic. Yeah, I said like uh, Proud Boys. Oh, yeah, it, you, you mentioned something about the Proud yeah, it was Boys, like, and Facebook was like, nope, you're out of here. Yeah, it's a Proud Boys. Give so it a week they or immediately, like that. They immediately associated Proud Boys with fascism, but, but banning is up. getting banned. But here's what's fucked <laughs> up.
3: When I got banned for that, I had already, like I got banned like 10 minutes after the fact. I had already posted a follow-up comment that, was a link to an abc article about you'll remember the article where it, the george floyd protests were started by uh hell's angel dressed yeah. up in black black yeah i shared that article so clearly yeah. my statement proud boys like check back in a week or like whatever the fuck it was was like Hey, you're gonna be updating this story in a yeah, week. You don't know. Don't assume don't you know assume who did that because somebody graffitied something that looks like it's from the left or the right that you know who did it. That right. was the or fucking why? point. We all remember that uh, I got banned for that. And yeah. my problem with Facebook is that like I feel like I get banned for calling out people that should get banned, and at the same time I've reported like and they ignore all of the, your reports completely 100%. I don't know how many times I've gotten this doesn't violate our standards. How the they're, fuck does what I they're, did they're, violate they're your standards? They're like the cops when it comes to
5: stalking and sexual assault cases. And what's, <laughs> right and useless. <laughs> what's fucked useless. up is
3: I appealed that just that decision because like of course I'm I, of course I'm always going to fight that if I didn't do something stupid. Sometimes I do stupid shit and like when I've gotten banned and it's good, I'll just take that, okay? Um, But, like, I appealed that, and, like, they ruled in my favor, but after the ban was up. So, like, who gives a fuck? This wasn't about pride. (laughs) Like, I couldn't cuss off the next person. (laughs) So... So that's kind of where we leave it for now. Uh, Bannon so is so Bannon is permanently like, is he not on Twitter? Except he's, for Facebook, fascist book. I mean, he's probably <laughs> in Parler now, I'm sure, <laughs> or fucking Gab or or whatever the fuck they have. Old Zuckerberg, uh, you know. And it's it's funny to me that like, I mean, Parler has seen a really big uptake since Trump's. Since I didn't even know Day. it was a thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. got it's gained a bunch of people. But the problem with Parler is that like. So what happens when a bunch of liberals It's a impl- giant echo chamber. Well, if liberals infiltrate it and start posting pro burning memes, are you gonna censor them? Doesn't that go against their whole like this is the place you can post well, whatever? That's exactly what should happen. And if you don't censor <laughs> like, them, it's just gonna become well, a flame yeah, war. But as
5: of right now, it's just a giant echo chamber. Yeah, for but here's what here's what's exactly. ultra conservative. Here's
3: what's great about that. I am totally happy if they all go to – if every Trump supporter who's pissed off about pandemics and, like, fucking flat earth and vaccines, whatever the fuck, Trump, uh, go to parlor. Because once they're all in one spot, we just shut that down. (laughs) Like, boom. Now you're not sprinkled within all of the other – now, of course, they'll just go back. Wouldn't it be hilarious if if Tom – from MySpace was the creator Parler guy of Parler, and he's just like, <laughs> he's, he's undercover and then all of a sudden just like sells it. I, like imagine, he did MySpace. <laughs> I have always imagined that Tom is actually Tom uh, is actually Jerry from Tom and Jerry. And <laughs> that like, it's just a facade. Like he just found that picture on the internet. <laughs> so I guess in closing, we should wrap up here. Uh, Steve Bannon fucking sucks. And uh, even Agreed. though he has a court case he, and probably won't go to jail, he probably should. Well, he'll get pardoned if it's within I the mean, next long, little yeah. while. I mean, that's after partnered at the preemptively pardon him for that crime. He's a um,
5: rich, dangerous shit disturber. And he's done it in multiple countries. And he's trying yeah. to play Lord and of also, War. Like, but it, he, it's also he like is, a, He has pushed so many countries so close to civil war, it's not even funny. Yeah.
3: And he's ultimately doing it now. You get, in that clip we just listened to, we ended it with saying, like, this is a civil war. Then wanting to take Trump out of the White House because he lost is a civil war in, that you need to fight yeah. on our behalf. There is that... And heads on pikes. The like, Nick Cage movie, was it Lord of War or whatever? Yeah. yeah. It, Underrated but, movie. But with disinformation. That's Steve Bannon. Like, not. I think that movie had disinformation arms. that uh, Nick Cage and fucking uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Is a name? good Jared, actor. No, and Jared Leto <laughs> could be brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no fucking way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, I really don't know what to see, say about Steve Bannon other than he exemplifies to me what a lot of these people are. The the Sean Spicer, Scaramucci, all these people who come in for came in for a short tenure and are really remembered for their fiery exits and right. their inflammatory remarks afterwards.
5: <laughs> Closet racist who guides it under economics. And there are yep. two
3: kinds. You either become a scary moochie kind where you become the guy that uh, liberals will go to to get a, a a Trump insider to say bad things about Trump mm-hmm. because like he's fine doing that now that he got fired, even though he, if he was still at the White House, he'd be on the exact opposite team. Right. Or you become like Bannon, who is very much, even though he's been fired by Trump, let go of Breitbart. I mean, it seems like despite getting Trump everything that Trump has, he lost everything. He lost his what, the job he had earned, getting Trump into that White House, uh, the Breitbart job he had fucking co-founded that he's out of now. The it's, the, me- the mega you know, donor. He's sugar daddy. It seems that way. He's a good out salesperson, here.
5: but he's a giant asshole, and eventually nobody can stand him. Yeah, but it's yep. weird to
3: me that he went back to Trump, and I don't know if that's just because it's hey, like the, it's, I can sell enough like weird. Well, it's probably well, he made whatever. a bunch of money off of him. I mean, so he's why still not go making money there. off the war room. He, still he got, needs you know, money, so he, uh, a, he has sa- to go back to the honey hole. It's a safe play, yeah. too, because somebody like that stays close to somebody like Trump. Because Trump is perpetually a victim, Bannon is perpetually a victim, and they can grift each other. And I guarantee yeah. you that that's what Bannon is doing. The reason that Bannon was in the administration for a short period of time in the first place isn't because there weren't people like fucking Reince Priebus available. Like, those guys existed in the GOP before this era of the GOP. The reason Steve Bannon was there is because he sold some shit to Donald Trump who is not a smart fucking person. What he sold them was, I know how to get. I know what you can say to get crowds worked And out. right, like he wasn't wrong. No, like he I mean, wasn't wrong. He if wasn't... you in fucking, if you incite people, you can fucking he's make kind people. Of, he's a shining like, example can... of everything I think that is wrong with America. Yeah. Of like, you should have been arrested, or you should have failed, just or karma should have gotten you a million times by now, and instead capitalism got you <laughs> you have a a, a a billionaire benefactor who you're living off of his yacht when you're arrested and can put up your five million in bail yep for, for stealing a million from fucking uh hard-working Americans who just want a wall because they got sucked in by the propaganda you sold them yep it's wild and he, he I mean I don't I will watch that court case carefully but I don't think to it's nice a thing. grease ball man it's nice to be it's bougie an absolute yeah. greaseball but <laughs> if he was black and got caught with a pound of weed, it's like he'd be in jail he's right like now. trailer trash bougie like, yes. he's just, like, he's a piece <laughs> of shit, but, like, he, he, like he's like got, he's connected. I, I've he's only got, seen a yeah. handful
5: of Trailer Park Boy uh, episodes, but he's, oh, good he's man. the dude that always has the, uh,
3: the cocktail. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Julian. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so we're gonna that about does it for for Steve Bannon now. If you sure will check in on him, and he'll pop up in the news being a shithead soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us and uh, on Twitter and Facebook at TDAP Dark and uh, like, subscribe, share, yeah, all that good stuff. And uh, we will leave you with uh, oh, I love to, I love getting to do this. I know, uh, you're right? Alternative fact of the week.
2: But I wanted to ask you if you wanted to be profiled. I don't,
3: I
4: don't want to be profiled. Well, just I'm
2: what not you're Steve trying Bannon. to do? What you're
4: trying to do? I'm not, I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own
3: The Devil's Advocate Podcast is a Feverheart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condit and co hosted by Franklin Everhart and Jim Hellman. If you like the show, be sure to